Hi dolls. I'm so excited to introduce to you my next adventure, and that is the So My Mom's a Therapist podcast. Each week, I'm going to be answering your questions, so send your voice memos to my email, so my mom's a therapist podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to be inviting friends on and colleagues to answer and tackle your questions that you send in. We're also going to be discussing topics from singleness, dating, relationships, breakups, and everything in between. And a great way that you can support this podcast is by going on and rate, reviewing, and subscribing. And it only takes a few minutes. That allows us to reach more people and grow as we go. Thank you again for listening. And I'm so glad you're here. Well, welcome back, dolls. This is the 20th episode of So My Mom's the Therapist. And do you notice anything different? Does the sound sound better? I feel like I grew up, like I feel like I became a big girl this week. I got a a real-life microphone, and I think I made Lewis, who does all of my video and audio editing, I think I made his week um, when I pulled out this, like, big microphone, and he's like, yay, finally. Um, You know, I'm a little slow. I'm a little slow in getting there, um, but I'm hoping this makes um, a difference. I just want to pause at 20 episodes and just say thank you. Thank you for those of you that keep listening. If this is helpful, um, the comments that you guys leave and when you do the, when you rate and you review it and the comments that you leave, um, honestly, they, they, I really take them to heart. And I'm so glad if it's helpful, great. If it's not, that's okay. If you can pull even one nugget out of it, if you even got one thing out of it that you're like, okay, that was good. If it's, if it's adding to your life, it's, if it's helping make sense of something or makes, makes you, helps navigate life a little better. I have to tell you that this that this makes that makes this mama very happy. Um, so today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Um, and today we're going to be talking about what do we do when we hit a rough time. Yep, I'm taking a pause from dating and relationships. Although, let's just be honest here, if we're having a rough season in our life or a rough time, that right away is going to impact our dating and relationship world. Don't, don't, I mean, it's all intertwined. So yes, this has to do with dating and relationship, but we're going to shift a little bit because as a therapist, you know, dating and relationships is one thing that I look at, but that's not my whole practice. But I want to talk specifically about what do we do when we hit a rough time? Next week, I'm going to have my buddy Levi on, another TikTok creator who has got some great, great insight. He's going to be joining me next week. Also, I'm going to start doing something a little different, and that is I'm going to be putting out two podcasts every week. One of them is going to be content-based, and I might have one of your voice memos added to the end if I have a, a guest on, but one is strictly going to, another second episode is strictly going to be answering your voice memos, your questions, so keep them coming. Um, I get a lot of them on Instagram DMs, and I get a lot of them um, in my voicemail. I'm sorry, on my email at podcast at gmail.com. So keep those coming. There's going to be two episodes out every week now, one just answering questions and one having conversations and sharing content with you guys. So today we're going to be talking about what do we do when we hit a rough season of life? I mean, let's just be honest. We've, we've all been there. Some of us may be there right now. Some of you may be thinking about a friend that you're like, oh my gosh, I have to send this to them because this is exactly where they are. And I'm not talking about, well, that was like a rough day. It is like a hard, hard season. And man, those are the ones that I would say start to like just feel like they knock us down, kind of take a toll. It kind of either feels like we're carrying around this heavy backpack full of heavy rocks where it feels weighted, or it feels even sometimes like we've just been knocked down where we kind of we kind of got knocked down and and we're now on the ground kind of just, you know, dusting the gravel off of our knees and just kind of trying to get back up and get going. 
And I want to just identify three things that can help during a rough season. See, our brain wants to make things magically disappear. How do I make this go away? I mean, that think about the way our brain and our body are wired. Our, our body and our brain are wired for survival. So if something is painful or something's hard, I just want to move away from it. Think about that. We just want to make it go away. How do I get rid of this? How do I make it go away? I, I even remember being really, really young at the beginning of my career as a therapist, actually before my career as a therapist, and I remember saying to somebody who was more of a mentor, and I'm like, I can't, how do I just make this pain go away? I can't get rid of it. And she said, sweets. I actually think she did call me sweets, or maybe that's my version because I call everybody sweets. <laughs> she said, oh, no, sweets, you can't move away from it. You got to move towards it. And I said to her, but I don't want to. And she said, I know. And she said, but if you really want to start to have some relief in your life, you got to move towards it. And a lot of that, that's, it's counterintuitive. That's not the direction our bodies want to head. And yet that's the direction that we need to go to say, okay, I'm in a rough season. How do I embrace the rough season? And let's just be honest. Oftentimes the first thing in our brain goes, fuck that. I don't want to embrace the rough season. We are not okay with the rough season. I am not embracing the rough season. And, and that's what we're going to do today. We're actually going to say, I know. I know we don't want to embrace our rough season because then the fear is, well, then maybe it won't go away. Maybe it will stay. But we're going to say, if I can move towards it, then how do I start to hold myself and care for myself in a rough season? And we're going to do it by highlighting three points. And the first one we're going to start with is the sense of, is our mind. Um, I'm very body-based. You guys, you know, it was so funny. I saw my, my sweet little 14-year-old nephew, I think it was at Easter, and he was, he was like, my body, my body. And I was like, oh! are you making fun of my podcast? And he's like, yeah, we watch them all. Like my mom and I, we watch, we listen to them all. And I was, he's like, and you're like my body. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> but he's right. <laughs> I'm always like, listen to your body, listen to your body. <laughs> and this is a shout out to him. I love him. Um, but I want to start with the mind about what do we do? Because when we're in a hard place, our mind will tend to snowball. What do I mean by that? When we're in a rough season of life, it will snowball from hard thing to hard thing to hard thing. Oftentimes, what makes a rough season is actually not one event. It is a ripple. It is a sequence of hard things that all start to layer over and over and over each other. And that's what starts to weigh it down on our body. Oftentimes, that's when I get somebody who comes in to see me, and they've come to see me, and they are like, this has gone on, and they'll start listing everything going on in their life, and I will pause them, and I will say, wait, wait, I'm sorry, hold on. Did you just say this happened, and then this happened, and then this parent passed away, and then you lost your job? And they'll list like multiple things that are hard, and I'll be like, I don't know how anybody could do that. And they'll look at me, and they'll be like, I'm like, one of those things would have been enough. And they're like, thank you. Like, okay, no wonder I'm having a hard time struggling. No wonder. It's when the layering happens. And when, our, when there's a lot of things going on, our brain will snowball. Imagine growing up. Imagine those cartoons. Remember those snow cartoons around Christmas time and the snowball would grow bigger and bigger. It'll pick up skiers and, and the snowman and the sled and picking up dogs and houses along the way. And the snowball grows bigger and bigger and bigger until it ends up at the bottom of the hill. And our brain will tend to do that when things are hard. It'll say something like, 
oh my gosh, like work's not going well and I have to deal with that issue at work. And then it'll be, oh, like, gosh, and then my my partner and like they're tough right now. And then like, like, I don't even know what to do with my parents. And it'll start to go from hard to hard in our brain. And so one of the things we want to be able to do is recognize, see if you can start identifying when your brain is snowballing. And what do you do in that moment is coming in and saying, okay, wait, I'm snowballing again. We label it. We identify it. No, that's not where we end. Acknowledging is not going to bring us the relief, but it is our starting place to say, Okay, wait, my brain's snowballing everything together. It's snowballing. If, I, if, I, if I'm going to pause for a second, I need to piece it out and I need to chisel away at one thing at a time. Snowballing take th- takes things from manageable to not manageable. Snowballing is what ushers in the feeling of being overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is one of the most unique emotions or feelings that we have. We can identify really quickly joy. We can identify sadness or anger that comes out of that feeling sad or hurt, we can identify those. Overwhelmed is hard to identify because it creeps up on us just like that snowball picking up speed. That snowball picking up speed doesn't go from zero to 100. It kind of starts slowly gathering and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and our brain will snowball. And in snowballing, it overwhelms itself. And when it gets big like that, when we're overwhelmed, we will often hit a freeze state. That's one of those survival states, fight, flight, freeze, befriend. It gets into a freeze state. Why? Because you cannot start chiseling away at a snowball that is that massively big. Now, I want to bring in another element here too, and that I said massive. When things are massive, then they are macro. We are zoomed out and we are looking at big pictures. Big pictures are what overwhelm our body. How do I know that? Watch the news. Watch the news. I'm not saying don't know what's going on in this world, but when you watch a story on the news, like what's going on in in, in the Ukraine, I'll use that for example, because that's what's going on right now. That's overwhelming. Why? It's macro. It's a big picture, and you can't do anything about a big picture. Now, yes, you can do something when you lean in and say, what can I do in this? But when you're taking in that story, it is just too big. It's macro. Our body gets distressed and overwhelmed by macro, right? So we want to recognize in our brain, okay, I'm snowballing. All right, when I'm snowballing, here's what I need to do. I need to piece out what's going on. I can deal with one thing at a time. And when I deal with one thing at a time, like let me look at my job, for example, let me look at my job. And then you're going to pull out in your mind, you're going to pull out your little chisel and say, what is one thing I can do? What is one thing I can do? Or if I'm stressed about like every, all the tasks that need to happen in the house, okay, let me just look, focus on the home. All right, let me pull out my little chisel. What is one thing I can get done? Our body feels, our body will feel regulated. It'll start to feel like it's regulating itself when we can get something done. Macro, we can't do anything. Micro, we can. So we need to zoom in. It's like zooming away from the planet, looking at the big planet. We need to zoom back in, get our feet on the ground, pull out our little chisel. I don't know why. I always, when I teach on this analogy... I always imagine like a little elf with a chisel. I don't know if I have like this leftover like dream of like Snow White's elves with their little like chisels, you know, going off to like mine the gems. I don't know if that's just leftover from childhood. Or maybe it makes me feel like I'm like, okay, getting something done. But I'm like pulling out my little axe and it's always like little mini and like what is one little thing I can chisel away? And here's the deal. If you are somebody that gets overwhelmed easy or you are struggling even with a state of depression, I'll even have clients start with pulling out, maybe that's why it's a mini chisel, is because it's just, can you make your bed? Can we just get our bed made, right? I saw a great TikTok the other day that was talking about dopamine. It was talking about different effects in our brain and different chemicals that get gets dumped. And he was saying, which is true, 
When you set a goal and you accomplish that goal, we get a little dump of dopamine. So what is a small little goal that you can set for yourself that you can finish? And when you see yourself accomplish it, you get a little like, okay, I did that. And so you start even with something small. Can I get my clothes on? Can I make my bed? Okay. It's when we start to snowball into all the things that are hard or all the things that are not working well that our body gets distressed and it freezes and it's not able to help ourselves. Okay. So that's the first part. The first part is focusing on the sense of focusing on, all right, I'm snowballing. That's not going to help me. Let me piece out. I'll deal with each thing individual at a time, not together. Let me separate them out. And then how do I pull out my little chisel? And what is one thing I can do? One action thing I can do? Our body needs something to do. Even if it is something as big as, say, like a global matter, even with the, with Ukraine, I'll use that for example, If that's distressing to our body. So I want to say, is there anything I can do that would make a difference? Do I want a letter to, do I want to write a letter to someone? Do I want to write an op-ed piece? What is something that is in my control? Things often, by the way, that are distressing, that add to rough season are things that are out of our control. Things that are out of our control. So what do I do to mitigate that? I look for things that are in my control. What can I do? If you're somebody where there is a lot of things out of your control, what do you have control over? Getting your clothes on, working out, making your bed, start small, and acknowledging those things in your day. I chose to get dressed. I am choosing to go for a run. And pause and make those choices. Why? Because choice has built-in control. Choice means I have control over this. Now, what often happens in our in life is that we will try to externally control our life. If I can just externally regulate, if you all, if you all could just do, can you do me a favor? If you all could just behave, if you all could just make these actions that you need to make, my life will be better, right? And that's called external regulation. And I would say that works until it doesn't. Oftentimes, based on trauma history, when we're young, we will develop a sense of surviving by trying to control our external world. Right? A lot of the work I do as a therapist is we are working on shifting to how do I internally regulate, how do I internal, what do I have control over, and how do I navigate the world, how do I trust myself to navigate hard things. This is an important piece. Why is this an important piece? Because if I don't shift to saying, do I trust myself to navigate no matter what comes my way? I still remember somebody asking me that when I was younger. She said, do you trust yourself to navigate if this, if this a situation, if this would happen? And I said, actually, I don't. Ah. And then she said to me, well, because you don't trust yourself to navigate this hard thing, then your brain is working overtime to make sure that hard circumstance will never happen. Ooh, did you hear that? If we don't learn how to trust ourselves no matter what comes our way, then our brain and our body will stay vigilant, will look into the future to try to control that external environment to make sure nothing bad ever happens. So because of that, my body has to stay on alert at all times, thinking that it can control. I need to see what's coming down. I need to see what's coming down the pipeline. I need to see what's coming down in my future so I can control it. That is exhausting. That is utterly exhausting, and that will work until it doesn't, because you eventually will stress out your body. Why? Your body is not made to stay in a vigilant state 24-7. It runs in a sense of adrenaline. Adrenaline eventually shuts off. But now you have a trauma body, and this is where we call it a trauma body, because it has stayed in that survival state for too long of a period. A survival state is supposed to turn on 
and then it's supposed to go off when we're back to a safe environment. But if I don't trust my environment, it stays on and it does not shut off, right? And that will cause that fatigue to our to our nervous system. And that is what a lot of people experience. So how do I start to trust myself and shift to how do I trust myself to navigate no matter what comes my way? What do I do in those situations? Well, I recognize, yes, if something really horrific were to happen, if something really bad were to happen, that would be that would be awful. That would be horrific. This is a side note, by the way. We'll come back to rough season in a second. I have to be able to say that would be hard. That would be rough. It would be it would be brutal. I have a lot of times people say that one of their biggest fears is losing their child, and I understand that one. And what we start, and that's a lot of work. This is a longer journey, and maybe I'll do a podcast specifically on that. Is what do we do with those big fears? of us dying, losing a child, but recognizing, okay, that would be horrific. That would be, that would be awful. And, and I would deal with that if I was ever on that road, but I'm not on that road. And here's where I am today. I come back to where I am today. Right. And that sense of saying, how do I regulate my nervous system to navigate that? Okay. Do I see myself going through something hard? Do I see myself getting back up? And that's the other thing is, can I trust myself to navigate hard things? And again, that's for a much bigger conversation. So the first part is being aware of where my mind is in rough seasons. The second part is being aware of where my body, you knew I'm going to come back to the body. I always do. I can't help it. I can't help it. I think because I, I tend to my body like I do a small child. I tend to my nervous system. I tend to my emotions as a small child. I'm constantly checking in to say, how are we doing in here? How are we doing in here? We want to build this relationship between our brain and our body. If you do not build a cord, a relationship between our brain and our body, which run, by the way, like two different people, two different people, the brain is like, come on, get with it. You're fine. You know what to do. And your body's like, we're freaking out over here. We're not okay, right? Sometimes our brain gets frustrated with our body when it decides to do something the brain doesn't like, like send a text, right? Right? Send a text that the brain's like, wait, we, did, we never authorized that, right? It just like went rogue. The body just went rogue and sent a text. So we want to build this caring, loving relationship with our body. So in a rough season, in a rough season, we want to be able to tend our body to say, how are we doing? It's like checking in on a, on a kid that's not doing super well. If you have a child that's not doing super well, you would check on them more regularly. How are we doing in here? What do we need? Right? What are we needing to help but feel better? If you have a child that is, and that's how we treat our body, like a child, all right. Do we do we need some more time? One of the things we don't realize, and if you can see me in the video, I'm going to use my hands kind of like little levers. But when, when life gets hard and life gets rough, and now I'm bringing one of my hands up higher, right? So I'm taking one of my hands from being right about, like both my hands are like chin level. And if if we hit a rough season, then what the circumstances in life is getting harder and that levels up. And we don't realize that the other hand, us tending to our body, tending to ourself, that can't stay down at that level. When life gets harder, our tending to ourself has to go up to match it, to match it. That means I need to tend, in, I need to, tend to myself more closely, right? The, the irony is that usually if life is harder, that usually tends to mean we have less time to tend to ourselves. I don't have time to my, tend to myself. That's why life is hard, right? I have all these things going wrong. And the person that we end up taking off of our atten- our attention off of is ourself. In actuality, the best thing you can do for that rough season is tend to yourself more closely. It doesn't mean a lot of time, but the frequency. How are we doing? What do you need? Do we need to go for a walk right now? How are we doing? Even if it's to hear yourself say, not so great in here. We're not doing so great, right? Being This is huge, by the way. Being able to say to somebody, I'm not doing super well, that is so healthy. 
Being able to say to a friend or to say to ourselves, you know, I'm really not doing well. That is one of the healthiest things you can say. Now, you're probably thinking, wait, wait, if I'm not doing well, that means that's not where I'm supposed to be. No, no. We're all, if you are human, you are going to hit times you do not do well, right? That is wonderful. That's what, no, that's not, that, that's not saying we're staying there. That's not like, oh, let's camp out here. We're not doing well in the land of not doing well. Let's camp out and build a fire. Let's stay here. Let's light this shit up. No. <laughs> but, oh, if I know I'm not doing well, then I can say, all right, what do we need? Do, do, I, do I need to be able to sit outside in the backyard? Do I need to be able to take a little bit more time for myself? It doesn't have to be a lot of time, but going for a walk around a block. Do I need to go get my favorite, oh, I don't know, Starbucks drink? Let me see what I have today. It is a venti iced coffee, no syrup, salted cold foam on top. Do I just need to have one or maybe two of those today because I'm not doing well and that is me tending to myself? right? Do I need to call in a girlfriend and be like, can we meet after work? Because I'm really not doing well. What am I doing? I'm bringing the troops in. And who's calling the troops in? I am. I am, right? So I, I'm tending to my body to say, how are we doing in here? What do we need to comfort? Not fix, not fix. When somebody is having a rough season, I need to comfort. Why? Because I can't always get rid of those external factors I don't have control over. So what do I need to do? I need to increase the tending to my body. How do I do that? Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of those are ways to tend to myself. And by the way, you have to, we have to individually figure out what is tending to myself. Because somebody might be like, you know, you just, you know, especially I, I see this sometimes in, in, in faith communities, you know, you just need to get in the Word. You just need to get in the Bible. Well, that may work if that's helpful. But I got to tell you, there are times where you are like, that is the last thing my body needs right now. And I really think God understands, <laughs> we're getting a little spiritual today. I really think God understands that. Sometimes going for a walk or going for a hike, I swear, I, I'm pretty sure he lives there too. Maybe that's what you need. So it's figuring out what does my body need? Not what it should, not what people tell me, but what is it I need in this moment, right? And sometimes that glass of wine is, is just what you need in that moment. So it's figuring out what does my body need? What would be comforting to it? when I can't fix things in hard seasons. So I, if, if the rough, if the hard goes up, then the tending to myself has to go up as well. What you did previously will not work. It's got to go up to match. So one is tending to my mind, right? Going in with that big, that big overwhelming, that big snowball and being overwhelmed. Two is tending to my body, okay? And then we have that third piece, that third point, and that is building that scaffolding, that support system around us. If you are in a rough season or you've been in a rough season before and you may be going back in again, I have people build a safety net. A safety net is like the net in a trapeze. If you've ever seen at the circus that trapeze artist, it doesn't mean they're going to use the net, but we put it there anyways. What does that look like? It's saying, do I have a friend? Do I have one or two friends that I can call and say, can I put you in my safety net? Can you be part of my safety net where I can call you at three in the morning? I don't think I'll ever use you. I may never, but I there may be a point where I just am having a really rough moment or rough day, and we need to put people on call, right? So I want to build in a safety net to say, okay, I may never use you, but if I need to call in the troops, if I need to build in that scaffolding around me, who can hold me up when I can't hold myself up? Oh, did you hear what I just said there? It's okay not to be able to hold yourself up at times. One of the biggest thing I see from my sweet little dolls, especially the younger ones that sit on this couch, I don't want to be a burden to people. I hear that so often. I don't want to be a burden to them. And I'm like, hold on here a second. Whoever said we're a burden? 
And oftentimes we'll track it back to childhood and we can say, okay, ah, oh, there's where we started to bring in this belief about myself that I'm a burden if I have needs. I'm a burden if I need to be held up. And so our body gets in this tug of war of like, I need help. I can't do this on my own. And at the same time, no, no, I don't want to be a burden. You see that internal struggle? So we have two voices going different ways. The whole point, the definition of friendship is to show up and be there for one another. And sometimes it's your season. And they need to be there for, they're there for you. And sometimes it's their season and you'll be there for them. And there is this ebb and flow. I mean, I remember saying to a girlfriend of mine, like, can you have like just a shitty situation happen in your life, please? Because I feel like you've been there for me so much that I want to, I want to be there for you. Can you have something bad go on so I can show up where I can be like, ah, yes, I'm here. I'm finally here. I can hold you up. Like, I was like so excited to hold her up in a hard time because she'd showed up for me so much. Life will balance out. Life will balance out. There'll be times that you'll show up for your friends, and there's times that they show up for you. And I have to tell you, um, getting a little personal, in, in probably one of the most hard moments of my life, I had to let my girlfriends show up. I had to let them, and they know who they are, and they showed up. And the way they showed up, checking in, how you doing? Or saying, you know, we're not going to ask you about it, but we'll listen anytime, right? Two of them took me out dancing last weekend. They said, this is for you. And we danced and we danced and it's just what I needed because when you're dancing and you're listening to music, you are not thinking. And it's just what I needed in my rough season, right? That's what you do. Get your safety net around you. Get your support system. It is not weak to need people. It is not weak to need a support system around us. Now, does that mean we don't stop building that internal core inside of us, the strength and that to empower ourselves? No, we build it too. We internally regulate and we co-regulate. We build that muscle inside of us that says, oh, I like seeing myself when I when I have the strong muscle building in me. And yes, I also like, it's also, self, it's empowering. It is internally, it is you when you ask for help as well. That is a power move. Asking for help is a power move. Now, what we're trying to way, stay away from are the externals. One, what do I mean by, not the externals, what we're trying to stay away from is the extremes. Either I don't need anybody, I only rely on myself, or I can't do it, I need people, I have nothing, I have, I'm hollow inside and I need that people around me are to what hold me up, the strength is outside of me. And we're looking for a balance that says, I'm building a strength inside of me that I can trust myself, I can call on myself, I'm building this internal core that I can internally help myself and regulate and empower myself, and at the same time, it's a power move to ask people for help as well. You see that balance? There's that balance, okay? So that's what we're covering today. I hope that this is helpful. I hope that looking at those three points, looking at tending to our mind, tending to our body, and then building that scaffolding and that safety net, even if we don't know it, knowing, even if we don't use it, knowing it's there, I'm hoping that's helpful. Um, look out for another podcast this week. I'm going to be answering your voice memos on dating and relationships. If there's any other topics too you would like me to cover, send them my way. I'm starting to branch out and do, do a little more that I am passionate about just like this. But I want to speak specifically to if you are going through a rough time, sweets. If you know, if you know pain, you know pain. One of, I still remember one of my favorite client moments. It was with a client who had lost their, their child. I even get choked up thinking about they had lost their, their seven-year-old. And I remember her saying something to me to the effect of saying, I don't know what you've been through. She was saying this to me. She's like, but I know that you know pain. And I have told you, that's the silver lining. We don't ask for hard moments. We don't ask for suffering. It's part of life. It's, it's not, oftentimes it acts like it's an intrusion on life. It's part of life. 
But the silver lining is that that it gives you compassion for other people who have gone through a rough time. So if this is you going through a rough time, you are not alone, doll. You are not alone. And borrow my hope that it will not always look like this as you go through this rough season. Get that support around you. If you need to listen to this one over and over again and hear my words that I'm standing there by you, that I'm holding you up to, that I'm here to support you, that you are not alone. This world is not meant to be traveled alone. We are not meant to do life alone. We are meant to do life as a tribe. And sometimes we're born into it and sometimes we need to graft it in and make our own tribe. And we can say, I'm mad and I'm angry at the family I was born into. And then I say, okay, yes, we can be mad and angry. Now, what are you going to do with it? How do you build your own? Build your own tribe. To me, family isn't just about blood. It is who we build into our tribe and who shows up and who we show up for. But you are not alone in this, sweets. So as I sign off for today, I will always end with my, my words, be kind. Be kind to people. You have no idea their stories, and you have no idea what they're going through in their life, especially on media, on platforms, social platforms. Be kind. You have no idea what people are struggling with and what their lives look like. What is one thing that you can do today to, to show up for somebody else, hold a door open, smile at them, right? Tell them they look pretty, right? You have no idea that they were just meant to cross your path to hear the, those words, and perhaps you were the only person that even acknowledged their existence in their day. I, I believe in a divine intervention in that way that sometimes people come across our paths for a reason. And I would say make use of those. They're invitations. They're invitations for you to to smile, to hold a door open, to pay for somebody's drink. Um, and t- take those. You will find that they will actually end up making you feel better. When you feel like you're doing something for else, the, the reality is you actually end up feeling so much better in your day. And so with that, I will sign off. Talk to you soon. Bye, sweets.